It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome into episode 277 of The Full Go Podcast, brought to you by The Ringer, of course. Spotify is the gang. I'm Jason Goff, and this is The Local Angle. Shout out to all of our FanDuel TV people. Of course, we come at you every Sunday, every Tuesday, and every Thursday. And of course, when there's an emergency pod necessary, we do that as well. Because those are the type of folks we are. Um, I want to start. Well, y'all, by, y'all should know by now. Anytime I start with love, that means it's about to get bad. Uh, I want to start with my love and admiration for what Luis Robert Jr. has become as a baseball player and an entity in this city of Chicago. I am looking forward to this man rake for years to come. He is already playing gold glove caliber center field. Uh, He has ironed out some of the mistakes of his game in terms of hustling and some of the things that we talked about earlier on in the season, right? Like you you love to jump on the bandwagon. Oh, show these players, bitch them when they don't hustle or you you better bust your ass down the line every time for me. And then when they start doing it, we don't say anything because it's supposed to be that way, right? It's their job, but he's going above and beyond his job this year. And the Crosstown series, Uh, some of the luster has worn off of it over the years, obviously with interleague play. And now everybody playing everybody. Like I don't even look at AL or NL home run leaders anymore. I just go ahead. Give me the whole, give me the whole kit and caboodle major league baseball. And when you take a look at major league baseball's home run leaders, who do you see at the very top, right? You get Matt Olson in there. You get Shohei Otani. 
and, and I ain't mad at you, Shohei. Rest everything you need to rest. You're about to be a half a billion dollars richer. You know, if if that arm ain't feeling good or he, he messed around, didn't pitch, came up to bat, hit a home run. And it was like, oh, Shohei Otani is doing it halfway decent. Yeah, They're treating him bad now. He wanted to get that ERA under three, right? He really wanted to stone on y'all. He was like, ah, second MVP in a row, you know, making my man Mickey Mantle behind me and Mike Trout look like a bumpkin. You feel me? Like Shohei Otani's really out here balling. And we are mentioning Luis Robert Jr. in that pantheon in that category in terms of home run hitters this year because i don't know if y'all was been watching but coming into this this game and this is before he did what he did against the chicago white Sox, hit his 32nd home run of the season but fourth in major league baseball but coming into this game i want i want y'all to know something about what Luis robert jr has become this season hasn't all been lost and i'm gonna get to the hate at some point here don't you worry but this is what he's done He's second in the AL in home runs. He's third in doubles. He's second in slugging percentage. He's fifth in runs scored. And he's third in wins above replacement. This is a bona fide star that we have here on the South Side. He's the first White Sox center fielder to ever hit 30 or more home runs. First one selected to an all-star game since Chet Lemon, ladies and gentlemen. Seventh season with 30-plus home runs and 15-plus stolen bases in White Sox history. The size, the speed, the power, the precision. Seasons like this don't get put together very often on the south side. 27th season with 30-plus home runs and 30-plus doubles. This has only been done 26 previous times. And Frank Thomas is a lot of those times for Chicago White Sox fans who are feeling a little nostalgic. All right. Love's out the way. This is where the hate comes in. If I'm Pedro Grafol and this was any other organization, I know I'd be one and done. Because before the Cubs-White Sox game, Luis Robert, with his interpreter, at his locker, you know, got the got the cross earring dangling, LT style. Shout out to Lawrence Taylor back in the 80s, Googles. You know, do you Googles out there, kids? But he's got the... You know, he's got the pump, the 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 faux hawk with the with the blonde patch on the left side, looking every bit as swaggy as we remember when we were introduced to this dude four years back when he was sitting at his mama's dinner table with, with the with the plastic, you know, tabletop with, with no shirt on, three chains and some baseball pants. This is how we literally were introduced to Luis Robert Jr. And now he's come so far. He's an all-star. He's going to be a perennial all-star. The power stroke is here and here to stay because he's actually hitting things inside the strike zone. He shrunk the strike zone, which is something that we didn't think he would be able to do consistently enough. He's doing that this year. This is why I say if I were Pedro Grafol, I would be thanking my lucky stars that I am managing for Jerry Reinsdorf, Kenny Williams, and Rick Hahn. Because before... The Cubs-White Sox game, the game in which the Cubs arrived five games over 500 and a game where the White Sox arrived 25 games under 500. Luis Robert Jr. was asked by the assembled media, Scott Merkin and the folks. I think I heard Scott's voice in there. Shout out to Scott E.M. out there. I think I heard Scott's voice on the, on the, the follow-up question. He was asked about being a leader. And Luis Robert Jr. said, I am no leader. And I got no problem. Everybody wants to hear their players say, I'm a leader. I'm the guy that's going to take the bull by the horn. Self-inventory is key. Self-awareness is optimal. 
This man understands that he is nobody's leader. And you know how you lead? Doing your goddamn job. And he's done his job every single day, outside of a couple where he didn't bust his hump up the line or he lollygagged it in the center field in the first month of the season. We remember it, right? And it's noted, but four and a half, five months later, this dude is playing like an MVP candidate. So for him to say, I'm no leader, I got no problem with that. I got no problem. Maybe he hasn't found his voice or, or... (laughs) Maybe we just need dudes to do their jobs and and the leaders just arise. Now, the problem is where I have the second question that was asked of Luis Robert Jr. He he was asked, who are the leaders in this clubhouse? And this is something that has been thrown around since the Keenan Middleton story got thrown out there by Jesse Rogers. Shout out to Jesse for doing fabulous reporting. Right. Lance Lynn goes to the Dodgers. Next thing you know, he's on a podcast and is asked to speak about the Keenan Middleton comments. And he says, and I quote, This is what I disagree with when it came to Keenan Middleton and paused for six seconds so that it was clear that there was nothing that he was disagreeing with, with what Keenan Middleton had to say. Then you find out that, Hey, maybe the pitchers, the pitching staff shouldn't be the leaders of your group because eh, they're pitching every fifth day. You're not really, you know, they're quiet on the days. They're not pitching when they are pitching. You don't mess with them. Maybe just maybe a position player should be your leader. So when he's asked the rebuttal, the follow-up, the retort of, okay, since you're not the dude, who is the leader in this clubhouse? And you know what Luis Robert Jr. looked into a camera and smilingly said? No say. That's it. That's it. Simple as that. If you don't speak Spanish, you speak that much. I don't know. And after everything that's happened this season, the Tim Anderson situation, the embarrassment that the Mike Clevenger situation was at the beginning of the season that we've kind of forgotten about so far. Yasmani Grandal and the reports coming out about Tim Anderson and Yasmani mixing it up, whether that's true or not. Yasmani Grandal having to answer for Keenan Middleton and some of the comments that have been made about him not really working with the pitching staff, which is, I say, substandard for the catcher that you signed to the biggest deal in free agent history in White Sox organizational, um, uh, you know, history. So what are we talking about here? Huh? You got the best player on the team saying, I don't know who the leader is and don't look at me because <laughs> that's not my style and I'm not mad at him. He is paid to do everything that he has done this year. Some grown ass men in that clubhouse, a 24 year old ain't supposed to be the leader. And if he is, then he's either exceptional or your organization and franchise is shit. Both can be the case, though. Both can be true in this situation. Meanwhile, you have the Cubs out here trying to piecemeal a bullpen together. Kyle Hendricks getting yakitowed in the beginning of that game and everything kind of slowed down. Shout out to Tugi Toussaint. The man got a lot of, lot of, lot of stuff. He just don't know where it's going all the time. And and I saw that in Atlanta when he touched earth, right? When he touched down in Major League Baseball, it wasn't a a fact of whether or not Tukey Tucson had the stuff. It was the command. So in the beginning of this game tonight and where the Sox win the second game and looking forward to the sweep the next day, it ain't the game that matters in the long run. It's what's being said and not said about this culture, this clubhouse, and the powers that be on the South side. If Pedro Grafol was anybody else, let's say Pedro Grafol was three seasons deep. This would be a fireable offense type of season. And you might say, oh, Jay, what is he not doing right? 
Guess what? All I heard in, tra- in spring training was that they were going to do things differently. And the fight and the fundamentals that these dudes did not show up with for the previous year, it was going to be different. Fast forward to the trade deadline where a, a long reliever, a, a setup guy, a relief pitcher, you know, these sometimes are the kickers and punters on these baseball teams, right? Out of sight, out of mind. Are you getting people out or are you out here throwing more gas on the fire? A relief pitcher who was here for a cup of coffee said what he had to say and everybody fell in line in terms of, uh, you know, he ain't wrong. They talking about you, Pedro. You have not established a leadership hierarchy. You maybe are being questioned as a leader. Ozzie Guillen questions it multiple times a broadcast over the last month. So as the calendar turns from August to September and this sock season getting ready to be over every time out once a series, there is something that over the last couple of months that has come from the white Sox side of things that has been disheartening, uncomfortable or flat out embarrassing. All three of those things occurred shortly before they got their win against the Chicago Cubs tonight on the north side. All three of those things. It's disheartening. It's embarrassing. It's miserable. When a 24-year-old can look into a... I think he's 24, right? You know, don't quote me on that. But when a, when a dude in his early 20s who is on an MVP type of run in terms of his season can look at a camera and sheepishly grin and say, I don't know who the leaders are. Tim Anderson is out this game with neck stiffness. Like, man, fast forward me to the end of this White Sox season so I can see all the people who won't be held to account for how they perform this season. Fast forward me to the offseason when Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams are back angrier than ever and letting people know that this won't happen again, not on their watch. Meanwhile, their superstar center fielder, who is not media trained, Answering questions from the heart, honestly, divulging information about a clubhouse that we know is rotten to the core. When he is asked, who is the leader in this clubhouse? This man looked squarely into a camera, smiled, and said, no say. Well, guess what? White Sox fans, huddle around the, 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 the speakers, huddle around your AirPods, your phone, huddle around FanDuel TV. Shout out to the local angle. Guess what, White Sox fans? If you're asking me about my interest in this team going forward, I'm with Lewis Robert. No say. <laughs> no say it is. You can catch us Sundays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, whenever any news drops, considering the time that we have to work around, right? This is the, the full go. We hang out, have a good time here. Hopefully you're having a good time here with the local angle. FanDuel TV, we love you. Make sure you check us out and, uh, you know, tell the people about this thing. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We'll be back with more of the full go with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. Bears, Super Bowl. Book it. Already put it down. In Vegas. And on FanDuel. 
And by the way, you can use your bonus bets on the spreads. You can use your bonus bets on player props. I love over-unders and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash go and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash go. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit theringer.com slash RG. Bonus issued is not withdrawal for bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. My dog Gucci is very excited about our visit. With J.J. Stankovitz, we're going to get some Indianapolis Colts information from the Colts.com writer himself and PA announcer up there at Lucas Oil Stadium. So J.J. Stankovitz will give us the lowdown on the rookie quarterback that is Anthony Richardson, what we should expect from Yannick Ngakwe. I learned that as well. And, and a bunch of other stuff. It'll be good to hear from J.J. So peep it right here on the Full Go Podcast. The Full Go with Jason Goff. All right, JJ. Uh, man, you have an interesting little squad that you're covering. Um, you got new head coach, new quarterback, uh, owner talking crazy, why, uh, running back talking crazier. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about Yannick Ngakwe, but let's start at number five, man. He was shocked. He was surprised that he is going to be the starter going forward. Uh, how much of that is a put on? Is this young man ready for this? Uh, Shane Steichen, what does it say about his confidence level or their confidence in him that, you know, we can keep this thing going, start this clock right now? You remember what you were doing on May 22nd, 2002, Jason? Ooh, May 22nd. 2002 what do you think you're up to? i was 22 years old so that means i was like two years into the score probably was may you know that's that's uh, may yeah spring training around the corner like getting ready for something getting ready for something yeah so that was the day that anthony richardson was born <laughs> it's nuts it's, that's absolutely ridiculous this kid though jason he I can't say enough good things about the mentality that he has. Like, you know, covering pro athletes, it's hard for pro athletes to make it as far as they do and keep, keep a mentality of confidence yet humility. Like a lot of times, some, some athletes are too humble and it like, they don't have enough confidence. Uh, some other athletes are too confident and they come into a pro environment and it bites them in the ass. And Anthony Richardson toes that line like few athletes I've ever covered. He knows how good he is. He knows the God-given ability he has to just flick his wrist and the ball goes 80 yards. But he also knows he doesn't know a lot. So talking to you know Shane Steichen, to, to Cam Turner, the quarterback's coach, like these dudes' phones are just blowing up with AR just being like, what about this play? What about what if this coverage happens on this play? What do I do? And the questions that he asks are good. Like Cam Turner talked about it. He's like, they're not just generic questions about their plays. They're good questions. So for me, that's sort of the starting point is like, he's, he's humble. And that's where the shock thing comes from. Like, I don't think he was expecting to be named the starter in the middle in the middle of august like he was just putting his his head down and he was going to work and whatever happened was going to happen but the confidence 
aspect of it is like he he's not short of it. He goes out there and he says, look, I've put the work in. I've I've done everything I can. Yes, there are things that I have never encountered before because I've only started 14 games since I graduated high school. But I believe in my ability and my talent to lead me through them. So when, when we're talking about Anthony, those are kind of the, the starting points for me. Organizationally, this is always what the team wanted. The team didn't draft Anthony Richardson to go hold a clipboard on the sidelines. You draft the dude fourth overall because he needs to play right now. And he, that doesn't mean you say, going into training camp, it's your job. He has to go in and earn it. And that's exactly what he did. The growth he made from day one of training camp to today, when Shane Steichen named him the head coach, has been really significant, even just on like little details, like throwing a back shoulder ball to our guy, Alec Pierce, the kid from Glenbard West. That, that little adjustment early in camp like Anthony was throwing go balls to Alec that are the trajectory of a back shoulder ball because he's got such incredible arm strength. And Alec was like dialing down his routes being like, oh, that's a back shoulder. Nope, got it. Nope, that's a go ball. Now they're on the same page. You're seeing those connections happen in practice. Just like little stuff like that. The growth that he's making is going to be, it's going to pay off for him when you get to the regular season. And also, by the way, the Colts know year one, I mean, look, we've seen it here in Indianapolis. Peyton Manning had a 71.2 passer rating as a rookie. Andrew Luck had a 76.5 passer rating as a rookie. There have been three quarterbacks to start more than half of their team's games and have a passer rating over 100 as rookies in the last 25 seasons. So we know they're going to be ups and downs. But the work ethic, the mentality, the growth he's already made, and then just the freaking insane talent he has, those are all reasons why the organization is behind him, his teammates are behind him, and he is going to be the Colts' starting quarterback this year. I will say I only caught a couple of his games uh, of his college career at, at Florida and all, you know, marvel obviously at the size and the strength and when you are doing things on an SEC field that wow you, it, it pops off of the screen. Uh, what are some of the things that his Florida tape revealed that we're going to see on the NFL level because on the NFL level, everybody's an All-American? So, look, you're going to see the insane throws. You're going to see the runs that are going to be nuts. But here, here's the thing, Jason, that I'm excited about. When I watched his college tape and I talked to folks who actually know what they're watching, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, right. I try to know what questions to ask. Right. I don't claim to be an expert. Right. But I, I, brought up, I brought this up with Jim Bob Cooter. And this is like a fun thing about working for a team, by the way. Like, I brought this up with One him. One of the greatest names the in sports history, by the way. It's great. But I brought it up with Jim Bob at the pop machine at work. And I was like, hey, I got a question for you. Those like subtle little movements that Anthony has in the pocket that he showed at Florida. And I'm not talking about when he would take off and scramble. But it's just that like slide to the left, slide to the right. You know, just little, little things like that. Shout out to DJ Casper. Um, that like just those little, little RIP. Yes, sir. Just those yes, little sir. things like that, that he's got to avoid the rush. That's, I, I asked Jim Bob, I was like, is that something you can teach? And he was like, not really. Mm. That's an either you got it or you don't. The feel and poise in the pocket. And when you talk to people with the Colts about why they were excited about Anthony Richardson, yeah, the physical stuff, you see it all. But like this dude is a better quarterback than people gave him credit for because he had a 53% completion rate in college. 
But some of the skills that he has, the natural ability and the ability to feel that pressure in the pocket. Like I, I, I had this conversation with Matt Ryan last year too, where I just asked him, I was like, is that something you can learn? Because I, I was talking about Tom Brady and how Tom, Tom Brady's like the king of Best this. feet in the game, history. Like, right, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. And Matt Ryan was like, ah, you, you know, you either have it or you mm-hmm. don't. You can't really teach it. And Anthony's got it. And he's also, by the way, 250 pounds back there. <laughs> we saw in the, the preseason game on Sunday or Saturday where he took a read option. And I don't know if he read it wrong or if Greg Rousseau just made a really good play, but the, Greg Rousseau is a 266-pound defensive end on the Buffalo Bills, former first-round pick. Rousseau hits him in the leg, and Anthony just whoop by. Like, Rousseau's, like, grabbing onto his ankle like Jeff Van Gundy on Alonzo Morning, and Anthony's just like, nope, yeah, I'm going to get out of this. It's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he escapes, picks up five yards on a play that most other quarterbacks would have been dropped for a sack. And I think, we, you know, you, y'all see in Chicago with Justin Fields, like, that strength in the pocket to if someone does get a paw on you, you don't just immediately go down. That counts for a lot too. So there are just those little things beyond the like, holy shit throws that Anthony Richardson's going to make that get you excited about what he can be. I'm definitely rooting for his success and I'm happy that the franchise gave him the keys this early too, right? Like, you know, coaches getting fired after one, two years sometimes now. You, you, but, but look, you're going to mess around and, and, and wait for somebody else to develop the talent that you already have on the bench. I mean, that that is, that's true. But a lot of times when you see rookie quarterbacks not play early on, it's because of two things. It's because of one, it's the head coach trying to save his own ass because you're getting toward the end of a, a cycle and you haven't really won yet. And ah, we got to go with the veteran guy because I think he gives us a better chance to win games. That's one part of it. The other part of it is I, I, I think about Jared Goff a lot, right? Like he sat most of his rookie year because he had a head coach in Jeff Fisher who was on the hot seat, but also he was a four-year starter at Cal who probably had to unlearn some things. Anthony Richard, does, he doesn't have any of that. This kid is a blank slate from a mechanics, from a, you know, reading defenses. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a lot of bad habits because he doesn't have a lot of habits. So the best way for him to gain the proper habits is just get him out there on the field and play him in games, which is what the Colts are going to do. Four or five years ago, I had a chance to uh, sit down at Big Ten Media Day and be in the presence of one of the more um, impressive young men that I've run across in a long time. And he plays running back for the Indianapolis Colts now and Jonathan Taylor. Um, He's in Westfield somewhere, apparently. And we we seen the tweets. We understand the strife between he now and the owner, and of course, what's happening at the running back position, pay scale wise. Uh, what's the latest on Jonathan Taylor? So the latest is that he still is on pup. Um, he was back today. Uh, continues to get treatment, but the Colts and and Jonathan Taylor. You know, Chris Ballard said this today on Sirius XM. Like he's not going to be out there until he's one hundred percent. But Shane Steichen has said when he is one hundred percent and he's cleared the Colts expect him to practice. So uh, until that moment happens, it is kind of status quo right now for the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. How much, how much doubt is there about his injury? Um, like I said, I he seems like a stand up. He seems like yeah, a stand up dude. No. And I, I following the tweets and following the interaction with the owner and the owner, you know, Jim Mercy saying what he said about the running back position and the CBA. Uh, was there any pressure on him or is this just a, strange set of coincidences where his back injury flares up 
right around the time that those tweets and and, and the the running back situation is is underway. Yeah, I don't think anyone in the organization is doubting, you know, what Good. what he's going through. Good. And I think about this too, right? Like every chance I had to chat with JT in the off season, he never said he was going to be back for training camp. Like that if you go back and you watch his press conferences and you watch everything that he said, a lot of players will be like, "Yeah, I'll be fine for camp." He never said that. So let's also like not pile on this kid uh, that there, there never was an expectation set that he was going to be like back for day one of training camp. So he's on PUP. He's rehabbing his, you know, what he's going through and that's where things stand right now. So uh, did I read this correctly? Did they, did they hold a practice with no healthy tight ends? No, you did not read that correctly. <laughs> several tight ends who have not been participating. Uh, it's funny. I saw I saw Nate Price, who I think does a fantastic job for the athletic. He tweeted out like, "Wow, Colts have nine tight ends on their roster," and I'm like, "That's because like four of them are aren't practicing right now." Uh, but yeah, the one dude who is practicing consistently has been Kylan Granson, who has been awesome so far this year during OTAs during training camp. Uh, a guy who you know third year tight end. Sometimes you see that breakout. Uh, you know, he's a guy to keep an eye on for this team this year. All right, what should Bears fans expect out of Yannick Ngakwe? This is a dude who's trying to get another right. two or well, three-year deal. First of all, it's Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick. Take it, from, yeah. take it from the guy who bellowed his name over the Lucas Oil Stadium PA for some of his sacks. It's Yannick, and it's a great name to say, by the way, yeah. over Yannick. the stadium PA. You get that, Yannick! It's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so Jan, first and foremost, I don't know why he has this reputation, but like when the Bears signed him, I got a bunch of, you know, texts and calls from my friends in the media being like, is he a bad locker room guy? I'm like, no, 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 he's not a bad locker room guy. He's bounced around a bunch, but that's not because he's a bad locker room presence at all, like full stop. So last year, he had nine and a half sacks. He didn't get as much pressure on the quarterback as I think you sometimes see with guys who have nine and a half sacks, they know that sack total. Um, and the Colts wanted to go a direction uh, to go get a guy. They got Samson Ebicom from mm -hmm. the 49ers in the off season who kind of provides maybe a little bit more in terms of run defense uh, next to DeForest Buckner, just kind of shoring that up a little bit. Um, you know, Samson's got some pass rushing juice to him too, certainly. Um, but for unique, I think this, you know, if this is the career path that he's on now, of being that, you know, you'll wait until training camp starts and then you'll go sign. Like, this is what Jadavian Clowney has done for the last couple mm -hmm. of years, right? He's kind of like parachuted into a team. He's gone and got, you know, eight to 10 sacks and then he's gone and parachuted into another team. That's a pretty good living to have. You can kind of pick your spots, make a couple million bucks on each one and go to a team that probably needs you. The Bears seem like they needed Unique and Gakwe, certainly. And uh, I have no doubt that he'll be a good presence and, and the pass rushing juice that they're going to need this year. How is future podcast star Zaire Franklin holding up these uh, days? Dude. So I made the mistake of after Tim Anderson got rocked in the face, I'm, I'm talking some smack to Matt Conti, our director, our uh, VP of communications, who's a Philly guy. And I'm like, dude, Philly fans are getting soft. What, what are you guys doing giving Trey Turner a standing ovation when he sucks? And Conti, Zaire Franklin walks by at that point, and Conti's like, I'm glad you brought this up. Z, he's saying Philly fans are getting soft. What happened to his guy? Zaire's oh, no. like, bro, 
man, you, you know, so I then I just heard about it the rest of the day. Um, so Zaire, like, I can't say enough good things about him just as like a dude. The work he does with his foundation, Salisha's Angels, is it's incredible. Like the boots on the ground effort that he puts in uh, to impact the lives of young women who he feels are usually kind of overlooked by pro athletes. Um, is phenomenal, but I actually I'm actually doing a big story on him that's going to run next Monday on Colts.com, okay. where I talk I talked to Bobby Wagner, who's kind of a mentor for Z, um, just about the mentality of like Bobby told him this off season, like hey anyone can have one good season, what are you going to do next? They're going to see you coming now, and how Zaire has kind of taken that motivation and turned it into really trying to be a, a better version of himself than he was last year when by he way, by the way, he set a record for franchise uh, tackles uh, for, for the Colts. So um, just like an all around stand up dude, a guy who's so easy to root for so easy to be happy for when he has success out there. But the, the thing that like that got me in the article. So I, Z's story, he lost his, his mom, who was battling uh, a really long illness in high school. And then two months later, he lost his grandmother, who was a central finger, figure in his upbringing, kind of really raised him because his mom couldn't really take care of him. Right. Um, lost them both, you know, experienced so much loss as a high schooler. And I was talking to him about his kid. He is a one-year-old, uh, this cute, cute kid, Cairo. And he was like, man, to, you know, for all the loss I've experienced in my life, to gain him kind of makes up for all of it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what he, it's about. That is. And uh, on and off the field, what a presence he is in Indianapolis, in Philadelphia, his hometown. Um, and, yeah, I, I deserved all that shit I got for <laughs> Why, Jason, what was I doing? I don't Trying know, to talk bro. smack I about don't know. baseball. I don't know, especially this Tim year. Tim Anderson yeah. got rocked in the face. Yeah. What was I yeah. doing? Yeah, man, I, uh, I stopped talking crazy about the Sox about a year and a half ago. I, anybody that anybody that runs up on me, you know, outside, I'll, I'll see people with a socks hat on. I'll, you know, a little meet go socks will happen, and then I just keep my ass walking. I don't even yeah. play those games anymore. They ain't gonna embarrass all of us, you know what I'm saying? They can embarrass themselves. They ain't gonna embarrass I, me. I, I can't. I can't even do. Can't even do it. Nah, can't even do it. Nah. And speaking of, I'll be doing the pregame show on the 26th with uh, Scott Kutsetnik and uh, Ozzy Gian. So, uh, yeah. good time. I'll, I'll turn. Yeah, good I'll turn time. this frown upside down by then. JJ, go. family good outside of you know the. The news that you gave at the top of the family, everybody's cool. Yeah, family's great. Uh, so here, here's a fun little thing living down here now. Uh -huh. um, so I was one of the first parents, I think, in the area to buy my kids uh, Anthony Richardson shirts. It's like after the draft, I'm sitting at home, you know, things kind of wrapped up. I, I wanted the Colts to take Anthony from like the combine on. Uh, so I'm having myself a little drink and I get on and I order him a couple of Anthony Richardson t-shirts. And uh, today, you know, I'm, I'm still getting some work done at home after the boys are back from daycare. Right. And they see him at my computer. And Charlie goes, Daddy, who is that? And I'm like, that's Anthony Richardson. He goes, oh, like my shirt. I'm like, yep. Yeah, buddy. So later on in the night, hey, what do you want to wear to school tomorrow? Daddy, I want to wear my Anthony Richardson shirt. I'm like, <clears throat> there, it got is. there it we is. Got him. That's uh. great. That's, that's how you kids, start. They are going to be the biggest little Colts fans going around their, their daycare and their school. Uh, they're so funny, man. Like, since I picked up doing the PA, mm -hmm. uh, my wife, she'll always, like, tee him up and be like, guys, what does daddy say? And they'll go, it's third down. 
so, get them involved yes sir yes sir yeah, that's life, outstanding life, man. life life is great here um i miss so much about chicago um, i miss you too brother look i live i live pretty close to a portillo's now i know <laughs> i know our guy tony gill i know our guy tony gill thinks portillo's is mid but like yeah, when you well, live when you don't tony. live near an al's beef or johnny's or whatever your beef spot right. is gotta take portillo's it what you get. that's a nice substitute done. that's a nice substitute it, it, and honestly, I, I would get Portillo's when I lived in Chicago. It's still good. Yeah, yeah no, don't listen you know. to Tony. Don't do, right. listen, listen, listen. Yeah, you know. Don't listen to Tony. Don't, we we, we love you. Tony, but there's this, you know, one out of every three or four advice tips you should take from Tony. And then yeah, the but I do, just... now every time I see, now, now every time I see a squirrel, I do feel at peace because I know Tony Gill. So. See, once again, Tony Gill living in everybody's head, unfortunately. JJ, we miss you, man. Always good to see you. Always even better to talk to you. We got the Colts information. Uh, we'll, we'll keep up with you throughout the season, but I appreciate you jumping on with us on this uh, episode, brother. Man, anytime anytime I get to chat with you, Jason, it's just like doing the rush back from my basement yeah, in Chicago. You remember? I got my dog jumping on. You got your boy jumping on. It's the pandemic. People yeah. got COVID. This is just like old times, man. It's just like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> JJ, man, thank you so much, brother. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Enjoy that family. I hope everybody gets healthy as quick as possible. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun this year. I, you know, I don't know how many games they're going to win, but I, I definitely will be tuning in to see what Anthony Richardson is all about, and especially uh, when they play the Bears in game two of the preseason. Is he going to play? Uh, I don't know that. We'll see. We'll find okay. that out later we'll this see. week. Yeah. All right, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate right, you. It's the full go, baby! I don't even know if this is going to um, make the pod, but, you know, our guy, Chief Vibes Officer himself, Chris Sutton, is not with us. He is uh, in Sweden or on the way to Sweden, right? Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your time, Mr. Sutton. We miss you. We love you as always. But, man, I was, I was catching some of the pod, and I've been listening to more of the pod, right? Because, they, you know, they've been tell, telling me I need to sample my work more. Um, you know, what's, it, what's a chef if he ain't tasting the food, right? Yeah, and I'll just say I'm a bad chef. Enjoy your meal, motherfucker. <laughs> but, but I, I realized, and I, I came to the uh, the conclusion that I'm gonna start turning up on y'all, man. And, and I'm talking to you, Kyle, and I'm talking to you, Tony. I'm gonna start putting y'all in some uncomfortable positions because every time I go back and listen to this pod, I am saying the wildest shit about myself, and then Kyle comes through, you know, off the top rope saying, "Hey, man, just no middle seat for me." Uh, I am I am out here talking about uh, filing cabinets that that were bought from my porn storage from my mom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, cause she didn't want me out here all loosey goosey with it. You feel me? I have, I have brought up, uh, you know, things that nobody on this earth has heard me say, but I'm in the confines of my home. I'm comfortable. You know, I got my babies, you know, everything is good. I just start talking. And next thing you know, I get text the next morning before I even listened to the podcast. So I'm not going to dial back who I am. I just want y'all to know that y'all think y'all out of the wilderness because football season is here. 
all right and you know i, I know rusillo does his dating advice segment and all that y'all have had a, a, a decent little run of not saying shit on this pod and i've been kind of cool about it you know what i mean like everybody's been real vanilla like this motherfucker ain't gonna go to the moon if y'all keep kicking out the fact that kyle don't want to sit in the middle aisle in the fucking plane you know what i mean that 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 was the sauce that kyle brought last pod i know the demon that lies within that young man you feel me and i i've been around tony for too long I, I tony's just waiting for the fucking green light tony's been waiting for a while to take this thing to the abyss and god damn it it's time it's time you feel me we halfway through this deal we coming up on episode 300 i was thinking to myself when i was walking around today you know what i'm gonna turn up on these two motherfuckers that i see all the time three times a week now these motherfuckers are in my life more than my family are okay so yeah you know, I, I don't ask for guests and all that, but yeah, I'm going to start asking y'all some shit that's going to make y'all uncomfortable because of the way you guys have performed over the last couple of months. All I'm doing out here is embarrassing myself, bearing my soul, and taking on public figures left and right in this hey. fucking city. And I can't hey, get nothing out power. of y'all besides great, great responsibility, seat, seat recommendations and fucking barbecuing. <laughs> that's what I've gotten out of y'all, too. That's what I've gotten all, out of y'all, too. All right, so y'all can get this segment out of here if y'all want. That's fine. I know what kind of men I'm dealing with. If that happens, you can edit the things. That, that's the other thing. I'll be waiting for edits when I know some shit is happening. Hey, full name right there for you. <laughs> or the way I said it right there for you. It ain't funny. Y'all ain't shit. I'm tired of y'all not being shit, smiling behind this camera and not saying a goddamn thing to help this fucking pod out. Okay. Okay, so I, I will ask y'all. Mm -hmm. we, can, we can get this thing off to, to the start that it needs to get. What's the last thing y'all searched? Ooh, uh, I don't know. You want to know that? Uh, it's kind of boring. <laughs> see, see, I can tell yeah, you. See, the, the, the bitch jump out of all the bitch <laughs> jump out of everybody when it's time to party. You see how I get, ladies and gentlemen, this is this has been my life since I was 19. At 19 years old. I made a very, very, very firm decision on jay if you're gonna do this you're gonna have to say some shit that might get you made fun of that some weirdos might relate to you feel me but in the end just write out who you are we'll see where this thing goes 20 years later i'm sitting in front of a goddamn computer screen and that, that all i gotta do is talk for an hour three times a week with my homeboys and i go back and listen to this shit and my guys sound like milk toast out here like i'm getting i'm getting upset for y'all because i know there's a lot more underneath there especially with kyle kyle's not fooling anybody <laughs> this 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 charade this fucking charade this man is six foot three he's got perfect teeth he's fucking beautiful you ain't gonna tell me that the middle aisle seat is the only thing this summer that really rankled him or if if if, if he had a choice to do something just don't give him that middle just, aisle seat no, 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 just no. get started so, he gotta build up i don't give a fuck let's take it to the moon then huh be a phenom. Don't be a fucking journeyman. Let's roll. So, all right. Okay? So the last, I'm turning up the energy on this fucking podcast. I'm tired of y'all. So what's the last the, thing you searched? Last two things I searched. One was Bible scripture. There you go, Jay. And two... Oh, you know what? I'm fucking out. I'm fucking out. Right. Two... All right. all right. So, yeah, Luis Robert <laughs> said there ain't no leader in the clubhouse. Two was the... Uh, Fuck. The, the, the Kiki Barmer situation. <laughs> what? Yeah. There we go. What are we? There we go. Yo, there we go. Jesus, there we go. is she ruining her go. family? 
I had to look this up myself. I was like, no. this, because Kyle sent it in, in, in no. the group chat. I was like, I, I can't believe that. She's not doing that. She's not doing that. And I'm going to, Usher, Raymond. Well, tell people what she's doing for the people, so who, don't, for Usher, the people Usher, who don't know. Give them a little background of the fucking story. Be a professional Usher, podcaster. Usher God Raymond is about to drop his new single called Boyfriend. And it's accompanied by a video. And guess who is the star female lead role? After all the controversy with her going back and forth with her kid's father. She went to the Usher concert. She mm-hmm. went to the Usher concert. She had her ass out a little bit, which we don't police what women wear. You wear what you want to wear. Hopefully you're a strong enough individual to, you know, an insecure, a secure enough individual for, the, for that to be, the, you know, the move, right? Kiki Palmer's been famous since she was a child. I'm sure she's had interactions with Usher before. She pulled up to the Usher show in Vegas, you know, same way I did with my baby. We talked about it here on this pod. You know, she gave me the, the, the clearance it's like, oh, I would never, I would never, you know, but you're in that position. let Usher flirt with me or, yeah, dance with me and make me feel funny. I was like, all right, appreciate you. You a real one. All right, go back. Now, now that the scene has been set, who Kiki Palmer is and what the background of this situation is, what transpired, Tony Gill? Kiki Palmer is going to be the star in Usher Raymond's new video. Uh, and I, I don't know how to feel about that because. Her husband yeah. had an issue. Her husband had an issue with the way she was dressed and said, "You're a mom," and you know, got his ass banished <laughs> from Twitter by all yep. the all of the black yep. women out there who ain't trying to hear anybody tell them mm-hmm. what they are mm-hmm. or aren't. So, yeah, it, you know, and of course, he's not famous. So, you less know, famous. You know, he's, he's power like dynamics a, like in a relationship. Yeah, he, he's, not <laughs> he's not famous. He's not famous. He's not famous. Yeah. I'm more famous than that motherfucker. And I'm not he's famous. He's just Kiki Palmer's boyfriend. That's, that's how you know. See, look at look at look at look at Kyle jumping in on the spice. Look at Kyle. Kyle took it personal. Kyle's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, he ain't gonna front on me no more. Let me let me pile on this fucking man who's losing his family and his and his and his wife in one fell swoop. Yeah, there you go, Kyle. Uh, yeah, tougher in the crowd, ain't we? Hey, that, that was just a funny day on Twitter, man. Like the jokes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was funny. It was like, a tough one for him. He was getting packed up left and right. Hours later, yeah. days later, it was crazy. As he's supposed to. So now, Tony, your feelings about this the situation where the young man came out and was a little scarred by the events, and everyone said, "Kiki, do your thing. You 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 know she's speaking. Let her reclaim her time." Yeah, All I, mean, that that's, shit. <laughs> I mean that's cool, right? That's cool, but. Uh, ah, we getting into yeah. cancellation bag here. Go ahead, Tom. Let's get it, baby. Let's you get know, it. Let's go viral. The, the, the first thought I had was like, is it worth it? Oh. <laughs> you know, oh. I thought she was going. Go, I thought. All right, you you took the B hack. I thought she was going three one fastball. Like, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, I thought she was is going. It, is, is, is it truly <laughs> worth it to prove a point? Right, like if this is the the guy that you want to be with, he was already uncomfortable with the situation, right? Like, is this worth? Is is your freedom to do this worth your family and the relationship you have with your kids? So, do you want you want me to you want me to answer this the way I would answer this? You want me to answer this the way that it'd be palatable for everybody I, listening to this I pod. was generally confused by, genuinely confused by her choice in this. Now, again, I don't know what their relationship status 
is now, right? Like they could be broken up. So, and she's free to do whatever she wants. But all I'm saying is, was all of this worth the the attention and you know the time paid to all of this? Uh, and for who? For Tiki? Yeah. Cause it seems like it was. <laughs> Let me tell you. All right, let's stop. Let's stop bullshitting here. We've all been in relationships we didn't want to be in before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong well, on this, fellas? Yeah. And look at look at look at these well, two punk motherfuckers. Right. Ain't, ain't nobody want to say oh, shit good, right no. now. Unmute, unmute, Kyle. <laughs> unmute, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle, have you ever been in a relationship that you didn't want to be in? Of course. Okay. All right. What's the best way to end a relationship you don't want to be in? Start a fight. Oh, that's oh, look at Kyle. You're beautiful. That's the 23 year old in Kyle. Huh? Kyle hasn't met that one yet. That is that is fight proof. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's always there's always that one that's staring you down. Like you can oh, pop all oh, the shit I, you want. You, you can tell anywhere. those from like so, long before you get into the relationship. Oh, so I, I tend to oh, I, oh, I, I oh. tend to avoid the, avoid it those. Like uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's be real, man. Hypothetically, we ain't even talking about Kiki Palmer anymore. Whether it be an athlete, an entertainer, whatever the case may be. We've all been in relationships that we we didn't want to be in before. And we've all, I don't want to say all, but some people just don't know how to break somebody's heart. Some people just don't know how to say, hey, man, it's been real. (laughs) She got a family and beautiful kids out the situation. And this man went on Twitter and the entire world entire world slapped him around kind of hard <laughs> going forward after he thought that was going to play a different way he thought that tweet was gold <laughs> he thought she was going to put on a muumu and jump in an uber and get her ass to the airport so she can come back home and be a mom immediately you know what she did Literally, you know what she did? She sat in Vegas and waited for Usher to be done with his show and ended up at his after concert playing spades with a group of people. So, yeah, man, sounds like Kiki Palmer won. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Kiki Palmer stepped out the house knowing exactly what the, uh, the retribution would be, the repercussions, and she got herself in a video. She got a chance to dance with Usher, who I'm sure she knew before this. She she uh, outed her man, right? Like, she found out some things about her man that maybe she didn't know, or maybe she did know, which would make it even more mm-hmm. diabolical. But yeah, I'm not about to come on here and do the whole, you know, how dare Kiki, or is it worth it? Yes, it was worth it. She moved, She's moving on from this loser. She's gonna find somebody else who is famous enough or secure enough to deal with their woman being fawned over and serenaded by one of the great R&B crooners of all time. That's all that is. Hey, man, they make weight classes for a reason, player. You have to know what weight class you can party in. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. So I'm glad you brought this up because you see who's been quiet in this whole thing, right? Your man, Joel Embiid. Listen, if there was ever a way to have the cover of organizational dysfunction, 
uh, coaching turnover now with Doc Rivers. Um, players around the league, because no matter what you say, people listen, right? People respect James Harden around the league. Players do. I know we, you know, really? it's it's gotten really weird how. Yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. There's a bunch of players who grew up watching the Houston Rockets, James Harden revolutionize basketball in terms of foul hunting and also step back and sidestep three point shots. Like let's, you know, I know, I know we've gotten to the end of the James Harden road and love to pile on it. Cause it's easy, but I don't know when y'all going to realize that James Harden don't give a fuck about the things that y'all re- give a fuck about. Okay. Like everybody's going through these things like, Oh, you know what you're going to get with him. Yeah. Yeah. But what was they talking the first couple months in Philadelphia? You see, you see locked in James, right? Damn near led the league in assists, getting 22-23 a game, allowed Tyrese Maxey to excel, right? Joel Embiid got an MVP as his as the point guard for the MVP player. Come on. James Harden, is, he is an easy target, and he makes it easy, right? He, he's out of shape sometimes, always kicking it. He missed Joel Embiid's wedding, and that's his man's man's. He missed his wedding. The night before, we saw him sweaty in the club asking for hot dogs in front of a shirtless P.J. Tucker. Right? Am I wrong? <laughs> Stop me when I'm lying. Stop me when I'm lying. So for us to be like, oh, what? this James Harden thing, James Harden don't give a fuck about what y'all give a fuck about. And now here's the other thing. What if James Harden isn't wrong? Like, this is how it happens. The people who you know are the easiest of targets are the people that you go against publicly and happily so. I've seen it here in this city. What you think Jimmy Butler and Pau Gasol was doing to Tom Thibodeau and Derrick Rose? Get that shit out in the public and see who could dance. You know? And I will say this. James is aired because James doesn't have an agent. So you have to look crazy and go on a promotional tour with your name plastered in the background with Adidas everywhere and say, by the way, Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he is a part of. And then repeat it in case the phones weren't out. (laughs) If he had an agent, he could play this differently. The problem is from what I have been told and some of the things that I'm leaning towards, James Harden had a deal with Daryl Morey. Right, Daryl Moore say, "Hey, take a little bit off, and we'll we'll hit you up. We'll, we'll max you out, get you where you need to be." James Harden said, "Cool, but guess what, y'all? Guess what? You cannot. When you have a deal of that magnitude, can't happen with the GM or the president of basketball operations. This is a Josh Harris, James Harden thing. That deal wasn't made with Josh Harris." And as the owner, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you ain't talking to me about that. <laughs> so you got to figure that out with him. And by the way, you on the clock too, Daryl Morey. Like, if I'm Josh Harris, I got the best of every world. Oh, what, the MVP is upset? Tough titty. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. James Harden's upset? Oh, well, you know, how many more years do you have in this career? By the way, I didn't promise you shit. 
Daryl Morey, you know, I, I may or may not believe in you. So, hey, this is, a, this is a black mark on your record. If that dude goes in, please believe if Joel Embiid is on the way out here, you ain't going to be the one bringing back the talent. Yeah, this thing, it, it, it gets deeper. This ain't checkers. This ain't, <laughs> hey, man, I thought that y'all was going to give me some money if I took less money. No, this is chess. This is chess. And this is why these two are getting into it as publicly as they are. And also, I think they love each other. They made each other's careers damn near. They made each other's careers. That man was the human representation of analytical basketball for six, seven years in Houston. Problem is, usage rates, right? <laughs> By the time you get to the playoffs, if you're if you out of shape especially, oh, yeah. Dead legs. We talking 3-4-11. We talking, does he have a concussion? We talking 20-some-odd three-pointers missed. We talking, man, if Chris Paul was healthy, this thing would sure feel different. Legacy matters. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the year before you won a championship, was making, like, people love, love rewriting history. Oh, he did it in Milwaukee. He stayed. He didn't move around. Yeah. Look at year six and seven when Giannis Antetokounmpo was dropping all the hints. Hey, uh, Eric Bledsoe ain't going to be the one to, to, to do it. I'm going I'm to let y'all know. <laughs> if you got me working with Budenholzer, I can't have point guard Eric Bledsoe. That just, you got you to gotta stall me out on one position, whether it's the head coach or the coach on the court. Year seven, there was a lot of rumblings of Giannis Antetokounmpo going elsewhere when his deal was up. He wins in his eighth year, and now we're talking about him in the likes of Dirk and, and Kobe in terms of, oh, he'll never turn his back on Milwaukee. Stop playing. Stop playing. James Harden, in the era that he was in, where he was in Houston rewriting the record books, this man was leading the league in points and assists. We ain't seen no shit like that since Tiny Archibald. So the front on him and go crazy on him, hey, I understand it. He deserves some of it. But I think it's deeper than all that, which is why if the Chicago Bulls are listening. <laughs> Don't do it, Jerry. <laughs> Don't do it, Jerry. Hey, man. Hey, man. I'm here for the fucking content. You hear me? I'm here for the content. You can, you can enjoy these 39 win seasons all you want, player. I'm here for the content. You kidding me? Safest place for James Harden, Chicago. You want to know why? Do you know how far from downtown or the west side you got to drive to get to a proper strip club in this city? Shout out to Arnie's. You feel me? Shout out to, you know, the, the gone but not forgotten Red Diamonds. You feel me? You know, or any other lock-in on the west or south side that James Harden shouldn't be at. But, yeah, this is the safest place for him. Hey, Demar, go 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 get you a ring with with, with Joel Embiid. <laughs> go go play go play some top tier basketball. Clog up the, clog up the elbow in the, in the in the free throw line extended area where where Joel likes to score. Let's let's see you turn back into a seventeen and a half eighteen point score and being miserable. <laughs> let's see that. Uh, I'm here for the chaos, baby. I'm here. I'm here for the stories. I'm here for the content. I'm here for some some uh, interest. I'm here for some fascination. What would be more fascinating than James Harden in Chicago? I can win the championship uh, anyway. Why not? I mean, <laughs> what are we talking about? What are we talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. So I I, I think that. But seriously, I think the James Harden thing is uh is 
there's a lot more moving pieces to it. Yeah. And Daryl Morey knows who he's going against and he knows what the media will help him do and what James will frankly help him do. Cause if y'all think James Harden, like he made the manual, like all his pussyfooting around getting out of, you know, uh, contracts or getting off of teams wearing that's all folks shirts and all that other goofy shit. No, 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 no. No, James is going to party the night before a game and I make sure see. everybody yeah. catches him on camera with little baby. No, I'm talking oh, about yeah. what he did. What he did in Houston. And then when he got to Brooklyn, hey, hey, I don't want to play with y'all no more. Okay? he had to, The man was 275 pounds when he showed up to training camp. Sweated off in two days, all of a sudden looked sleek in the Brooklyn Nets uniform. Yeah, you, he is the godfather of getting out of shit that he don't want to be in. So you can, you can uh, twiddle your thumbs all you want, Philadelphia. I, if there's one person I'm going to believe in this situation, it's the man who has not, will not, and for the foreseeable future, uh, shall not give a fuck. <laughs> stop playing out here. Stop, stop talking about James Harden like he truly cares about anything y'all have to say. You see how he dresses? You've seen the art that he's gotten on his walls. You've seen his cribs. <laughs> this man has made it. He has made it. If James Harden never wins a, a world championship, James Harden is a bona fide Hall of Famer going in the moment his name touched the ballot. So what are we really talking about here? You know, he hang on for 20, 25 games to end his career, get himself a, a championship like Glenn Robinson or Tracy McGrady or Jeff T. By the way, Jeff T can't stop talking and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that a dude scoring 15 and a half points a game for his career. It's like, yo, I used to cook, cook Juan Carlos Navarro. <laughs> <laughs> Jose Calderon would get it. I, I go, he said it. on the pod that I go, I used to, he said I used to go, he, I used to go out the night before playoff games against certain dudes. That's what Jeff Teague is out here spreading. And meanwhile, the whole time I'm thinking, man, that number one from Inglewood, there was a few people who it was dinner time. Anytime they showed up, dinner and – no, skip the movie, just dinner. <laughs> Anytime they showed up at the United Center. And boy, was Jeff Teague on that list. Huh? We all know it if we've been watching. The real Bulls fans yeah, know, you know the Derek had you these, know? Yeah, Jeff Teague, had these specific Jennings, dudes just randomly. You know? I'm like, oh, yeah. Steph? I'm like, man, bro. Like, what, what happened? I'm going to need that book. I'm going to need that D. Rose book Chris of, Paul, of yeah. all the dudes. Go back and he, hey, go back and look it up. Go back and look at that. If you could find those specific games, it's a different something, something in his eye. Different. There was there was like five or six dudes who and Russell was one of them as well. Like five or six. And like he, you gonna give it to him, but boy, he gonna give it back. You know. So yeah, man, I'm looking for intrigue. I'm looking for fascination. Right. I'm looking for something to uh, to pique my yeah. attention. And as we no, I, I, I a, like a like an NBA question, like the NBA was already researching into them making this handshake deal. Cause I don't think it's necessarily legal that they were yeah they're no, doing not. this. So uh, if he's it, it happened in it happened so in Atlanta. If, it happened in Atlanta when I was in Atlanta with Paul so Millsap. If, if he's saying that Dale Moore is a liar, and the NBA is like, what is he lying about? Yeah. <laughs> what, what what was what, what was what was the what was the deal? And I was like, could James be 
like I don't I don't know the dealings between the NBA and the players on that where the commissioner could punish James. Oh. I know he could punish Daryl Morey for trying to make these backhanded deals. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know if 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 James yeah. was could be punished for this because it just seems like it, so you're gonna punish. Yeah, you can't take mm-hmm. his money away from him. He he could stand up in the middle of court. <laughs> like Nino Brown and say this thing is bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is this is this is and has been going on forever, man. Come on, come on. And the Bulls just got banged with it with the Lonzo Ball situation when they were trying to covet Lonzo. Who do you think they're talking to? They're talking to the agent and the player. Hey, are you uh, amicable to a trade? If we try to come get you right now, are you going to have fun here? You know, talk third parties or whatever the case may be. Then you hit the GM up. Yo, got something for you. And he don't want to be there, by the way. Just talk to him. But when you get on the mic and start telling people, hey, hey, wink, wink, nod, nod kind of vibes. Yeah, they can investigate it. They can investigate it. Something would have to be on paper, right? Something would have to be actually um, provable. So, and I don't know how much of that is going on. Shit, Doc was doing it for years with free agents and draft picks and talking about things he shouldn't be talking about. And he, he they got fined. 76ers are not uh, new to this. They are true to this <laughs> when it comes to tampering and skirting the rules. Yeah, it happens all the time, all the time. We see we see free agents sign for uh, a couple of dollars less than, they, than we thought. And then all of a sudden they get a lot more in the back. Like, tell me why Jeremy Grant got maxed out by the Portland Trailblazers. Tell me why. What's the sense in it right now? Outside, he's, you know, damn good player, damn fine player. But if you're about to trade Damian Lillard, what's the, so Scoot Henderson won't get the shots he needs, right? Shaden Sharp won't get the shots he needs, right? So, yeah, you, you, hey, take a little something, something. We appreciate you for being here. And then when this shit falls down, you'll get the boatload. That's all it is. It happens in every organization. They just don't have James Harden. <laughs> and a lot of teams are happy they don't. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Go podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. That's all the time we have for episode 277 of the Full Go podcast. Brought to you by The Ringer. And of course, Spotify is the gang. You can catch us every Sunday, every Tuesday, and every Thursday. Uh, probably it's like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for some people who wake up and get it the next day. But if you're going to get it hot off the presses, we're here for you three times a week. And as always, the voicemail line is open for you. You can leave me anything you want, whether it be dating advice, uh, career advice, uh, you know, what, what, how your day went, uh, what you didn't do this weekend. It's all there for you. 773-359-3103 is the phone number. 773-359-3103 is the full gold voicemail line. I want to thank our production staff. As always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. I want to thank the exceptional one himself, Kyle Williams. My main man, Tony Gill, and the chief vibes officer, Chris Sutton. He is absent, but he is not forgotten. want to thank our guest as well, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com, for giving us the lowdown on week two of the preseason, Bears, Colts. So appreciate all y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for downloading this thing. Thank you for following us on the socials. Uh, appreciate y'all sharing this with y'all family and friends. I'm hearing good things. People are spreading the word on the pod. Shout out to the bank that I went into today who uh, – it's always fun. Always fun when you when you run into somebody who's got your account information in front of them and 
and be like, hey, man, love the show. And I'm like, hey, man, sorry you can see how fucking broke I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So shout out to all the bank people out there, all the wealth management and all the financial advisors out there. And, you know, just just know in those meetings, I'm not saying anything because P has got it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just quiet. I'm just quiet, fellas. Kyle, take notes. Just be quiet. Let her talk. You take it all in. All right, y'all. We will catch y'all on Thursday. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe. And remember to stay sucker free. Peace out. Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800- nine with it in indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in kansas 1-877-770-STOP in louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in maryland visit 1-800-gambler.net in west virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in wyoming hope is here Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.